Amen. You can be seated. Scripture text this morning comes from Matthew chapter 11. We're going to begin in verse 28. Some of you know the scripture so well, you have it already in your mind. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, before we begin our message, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look to the person on your left. All right. Your left, not my left. That would be your right. You confused yet? Look to the person on your left. Look to the person on your right. And right now, close your eyes, and I want you to just pray for them. Just pray for them. I don't know what to pray. Sure you do. Let's listen to the Holy Spirit. Pray for them. May your word be clear this morning. May your spirit speak to us through your word. Can we be, I pray that we would be honest with ourselves this morning. And I would pray that we would go to Jesus this morning. Christ's name I pray. Amen. So, getting ready to call some tension. You're ready for some tension. If you don't like loud noises, you want to pay attention so you can stick your fingers in your ears here in just a second. All right? Now, you're thinking, what? Not only does this person not have a tie on, but what is he getting ready to do with this balloon, right? So, um, has this been you this week? Well, think about what I'm doing. Has this been you this week? It cost me more than $50 to fill my Explorer up with gas. And it wasn't even empty. If he doesn't win in Ukraine, nuclear war? I just went to the grocery store, and the groceries that just used to cost me 75 just now cost me 100 I blew extra hard on that one. I like groceries. Kind of tight, isn't it? Another variant? Another variant? This is where some of you are this morning. Right here. This is where some of you are this morning. Am I, am I lying? Not done yet. That may pop when it hits the ground because it's tight. Here comes another one. Not only all of that, but boy, did we get in an argument this weekend. 
Man, the kids are giving me fits. Not to mention the guy at work, that boss. I'm not necessarily talking about me, by the way, because I know Brandon's watching that. So <laughs> that guy at work, that boss, he is giving me a hard time. There are two people waiting for my position right now, and all I got to do is make one mistake. If nobody does it, nobody does this, who's going to do it? Anything else? Anything else? All that Jesus has done for me, he died on the cross. And this is what I did last week. In response to that, <laughs> praise the Lord. I didn't have to blow another blow. I was sitting here trying to figure out how I was going to do that. Because that's some of you this week right here, right? You are about to lose it. This is some of you this week, isn't it? Can I just be honest? This was me yesterday. It's supposed to be a beautiful day out with the family. Woke up in a bad mood. Don't know why. I do know why. Woke up in a bad mood. I had not digested enough of this this week. If you were to take my news time and my word time... This week, my news time far outweighed my word time. So I come to a good day with my family. I know some of you think, William cries all the time. I can't help it. This is just who I am. I'm sorry. I come to a beautiful day with my family, and I'm on edge. I wake up on edge. In the morning, I'm on edge. We have some errands to run. I, it, you know, Drew's now engaged, praise the Lord. They've set a date. That's good news. And uh, Laura Best family had invited us to go look at venues. And, and I said, I'm going to smile through it all, even though it, I didn't really want to go. Don't tell anybody. But I was so grateful they invited us. We went. And I, was, and I said, I'm going to smile through this. I'm going to get through this. And, of course, the thought of something is always worse than the actual doing it. So I get there, and I'm actually... The tenseness, my balloon deflates just a little bit. You get what I'm saying? It's not as bad as I think it is. In fact, it's very enjoyable. She has a great family. Love them to death. Love her to death. It's going to praise the Lord. If it's his will, this will be a glorious union. Not this June, but next June. And we're excited about this. And we see everything. Lord Beth gets in the car now. And it's our family. We're just our family. Me, my kids... And my soon-to-be daughter-in-law, years like, that's over a year away, I know, but it's going to be here like that. And so we go to Chick-fil-A, and I think it's Henderson. I'm not, I may have the wrong town. But this is the worst parking lot I've ever driven in in my entire life. Chick-fil-A makes billions of dollars a year. They could afford 12 more feet of parking space. Amen? So I pull into this Chick-fil-A parking lot, and there the line is literally wrapped around the building twice and my very pragmatic my very 
reasonable in my own mind self, says, go left. But there's an arrow on the asphalt that says what? Don't go left. Go right. But my mind, my very pragmatic mind, my mind that says, do what seems to be the right thing. Uh Uh-oh, I'm telling on myself now, right? I decide to go left. And I love my wife with all my, she's beautiful, I love her. She's so patient and kind with me. But do not, if the arrow's pointing out, do not go in. You know what I'm saying? And the arrow was pointing. She says, you know you can't go there. She said it sweeter than that. But that's how I heard it. You see, there's a difference. You know you can't go there. And so I start to go there, and then I stop. And I'm like, she's right. I see cars coming. And so I back up. The Now I'm in a mess. So I've got to back up. Okay, and this is all going somewhere. Trust me. I back up and to go right. And when I look... I see the biggest white Ford pickup truck. I think it had Bigfoot written on the side of it. Pulling right up next to me, squeezing me. He's squeezing me. It's obvious I'm not from around here. It's obvious I've never been in this Chick-fil-A before. The arrow said right. I chose left. It's my mistake. I'm trying to make it right. But yet this guy in this white, big, blue, and white Ford pickup truck. I mean, this thing... It, and I know this isn't how, because this is the deception of sin, right? It, it wasn't that close, but it felt like he pulled right up on me. This guy's squeezing me. What is he doing? He can't squeeze me. I'm trying to do the right thing. And you know what happened? Pow. Over a truck in the Chick-fil-A parking lot. Pow. Now, rest assured, there's no YouTube video of me getting out of my car and kicking the guy's door in or saying all sorts of things that I shouldn't say. I never got out of the car. I mean, he is driving a big white Ford pickup truck. I probably wouldn't have had a chance, right? And so I didn't get out of the car. But you know what God sees? He doesn't just hear what comes out of our mouth. You know what he sees? He didn't see... What I didn't, he didn't see what only I said. He also saw what I didn't say. He didn't just see what I did do. He saw what I wanted to do. Because if I'm being honest, I wanted to open the door. I wanted to get out and say, give me five feet. Can you give me five feet? Please, I just need five feet and I'll be out of your way. That's what I wanted to do. Praise the Lord, I didn't do it. <laughs> or there might would have been a video of your, one of your pastors really getting their rear end handed to them on YouTube, and nobody wants to see that. So. Except maybe Tracy after that story. So anyway, what is the point? Where are you at this morning? You tight? About ready to go? Are you here? You know what the invitation is for... Kapow, or I'm about to go kapow. You know what the invitation is? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus has an answer to all the pressure in our lives. All the pressure in our lives, everything that the world is throwing at us, everything that our family is throwing at us, everything that work is throwing at us, everything that's going on that happened last week, everything our flesh throws at us in the sense that, that, like the Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, there are things I know and want and desire to do, yet I seem to do the opposite of those things. So not only do we have everything we're carrying from a world standpoint, we have the burdens of our spiritual walk with the Lord daily and how we fail Him constantly. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, come to me. You have a burden this morning? You have something that you just need to hand over to the Lord? I don't know what that is. Jesus does. And his invitation for us this morning is to come to him. So this morning we're going to look at what it means to go to Jesus. So there in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, we're going to see what it takes to go to Jesus. First, if you're going to go to Jesus, you have to take his yoke upon you. Now, a yoke is something that bound, binds you to someone. It's a sense of bondage. And I hate to tell you this, you have a yoke. And it's either the yoke of the world or it's the yoke of Jesus. The Bible tells us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that the world is deceitful and the rules of this world have schemes and we fall victim to those schemes. And when we fall victim to those schemes, we have the yoke of the world on us. But some of us, by the goodness of God, he opened our eyes, opened our heart to desire to take off the yoke of the world and to put on the yoke of Jesus. If we're going to come to Jesus, we have to remove the yoke of the world and put on the yoke of Jesus. Now, I have two amazing dogs, and I'm going to try to give you a picture of this, okay? And um, we saw this thing advertised. It's a box. And you plug the box into the wall, and you put this collar on your dog. And when they stray too far from the box, guess what happens? I don't know what it, well, I do know what it does, but I don't want to say it because there's some pet lovers in the room and I don't want you mad at me, okay? But I will say I did it to myself before. I did it to one of my dogs because I love my dogs. This doesn't kill them, but it just reminds them, hey, you've gone too far. You need to stop. You've gone too far. In fact, it beeps. It'll give them a warning beep. It beep, 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 beep. But by the time it's gone, beep, 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 they really need to be backing up because one more step and they've had it, right? So they haven't had it. You know what I'm saying. Oh, boy. See, that's the worry I have to. I have to, I feel like I have to say that every time I say something crazy because this is online and you never know what people are going to comment on, right? So anyway, um, so my dogs have gotten used to this collar, right? You know what? Something crazy happened yesterday. We had the dogs out, and we were outside, cornhole, weather's beautiful. After we got back from our trip, you know, my balloons popped, so I feel better, you know. And so I'm out there just throwing, you know, and, and uh, Tracy looks down and says, Lola doesn't have her collar on. And we thought, oh, wow, Lola doesn't have her collar on. She, what was Lola doing, though? 
He was still hanging out with us, hadn't run off, hadn't tried to chase a squirrel or something else, you know. She's just hanging right with us. And so I think it was Tracy was on the far cornhole board, and she started trying to call Lola to come to her. Lola, come on. Come here, Lola. She wanted to scratch her and hold her while we were playing corn. And Lola would not move. She would not budge. Because the yoke that had been on her neck, that collar that had been on her neck, that had told her, don't go out that far, don't do that, that yoke was not there. But she still behaved like it was there. You understand what I'm saying? And can I tell you, if you're like me, we have taken off the yoke of this world. We have put on the yoke of Jesus. And when times get tough, you know what we do? We just... Take it off and we start behaving as if the yoke of the world is still there. You get what I'm saying? Just like Lola was doing. She was behaving as if the yoke of that collar was still on her neck. She was not going to go but so far in the grass. Because she knew what was going to happen if she went so far on the grass. Yet she had complete freedom to go wherever she wanted to. And friends, when you take off the yoke of Jesus and put back on the yoke of this world, you do not... Have the freedom that you think you have. You're still bound. When our dogs go outside and they don't have the collar on, they still act like they're bound to the box. So you've got to take off this yoke of the world and put on the yoke of Jesus. So first, the invitation is to take the yoke of Jesus on your life and leave it there. Here's the other thing he says. Come to me. That's his invitation. Take my yoke upon you. And then here's what Jesus says. Learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Now, you might be thinking, why in the world would I want to put on another yoke? Because the yoke of Jesus is easy. It is light. That's what Jesus says. Look back at verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what makes the yoke of the Lord easy and light? What makes being bound to the Lord easy and light is because He is gentle and lowly. Didn't we get a picture of that this morning in our scriptural call to worship? How he could have responded with indignation, yet he responded with grace and mercy. And friends, when the, you carry the yoke of Jesus and you try to stray outside of his will, his correction for us is gentle. His correction for us comes from a humble heart. See, the lessons Jesus teaches us when we put down the yoke of the world and take up the yoke of Christ is gentleness and humility. And so why do we see Jesus respond with gentleness time and time again? Because He's humble. The only human in this world to ever exist that had a right to seek His glory chose to put it down. Isn't that what our fighter verses are teaching us? That He emptied Himself Becoming the form of a slave. Humbling himself, he became obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. See, you cannot be humble when you are yoked with selfishness. 
Humility bearing the fruit of gentleness results in rest. It results in a yoke that is easy and light because the things that the world are concerned about are not our concerns. Why? Because we're gentle and we're humble. You see, Jesus is not a liar. So when he says, when he promises us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, he means it. So how can we experience this, um, this yoke that is easy in life? First, you must understand that Jesus' invitation is not just situational. His call to you to put on the yoke of Christ is not just when your balloon's about to pop. Okay? It's not just when times get tough. Jesus will be there for you. I really believe he will be, but his desire is for your balloon to never get in this position. His desire is for your life to not look like this. His desire is for your marriage to not look like this. His desire is for your family to not look like this. And when you put on the uh, yoke of Jesus, what you're saying is, I am bound to you. I am not going to let go of you. And so I'm going to put on this yoke and I'm not going to take it off. It's something that when you put it on, you keep it on. And some of us in this room right now are struggling because at one time in our life, we put the yoke of Jesus on and we gladly serve the Lord. We gladly serve the church. We gladly walked with the Lord. And then something happened and caused us to say, I'm not sure I want this anymore. And you put it down. And then what do you do? You go back to the ways of the world and you start caring about what the world cares about and doing what the world is doing and worrying about what the world is worrying about. And then your balloon grows and pressure grows and pressure goes and pressure grows and pow. And marriage is gone. And family is gone. And you find yourself and you're all alone wondering what in the world happened. And all you did was just say, I don't know about this Jesus thing. And you took it off. Jesus' invitation is not just situational. He wants you to take his yoke on you. Learn from Him. Learn from Him gentleness and humility. It's something you don't take off. It's a lifetime of committing yourself to Jesus. Which brings us to our next point, that Jesus' invitation here is relational. Jesus is not saying, add me to your life. Jesus' invitation here is to make Him your life. You see the difference? We're not adding Jesus as an ingredient to the recipe of our lives. Jesus is the only ingredient of our lives. You see the difference there, right? And so Jesus becomes everything to us. See, the yoke is a means of control. And Jesus knows that if we're controlling ourselves, it only leads to destruction. Destruction. And so when we put on the yoke of Christ, it becomes relational. It's a removal of yourself as Lord and fully submitting yourself to Jesus as Lord. And when you fully submit yourself to Jesus as Lord, then outward changes begin to happen because you're led by a different master. And some of you think, William, following Jesus is hard. And I've thought that myself. Man, following Jesus is really difficult. I don't know how in the world people follow Jesus. And I will tell you, the times that I think that following Jesus is the most difficult is when I still want the things of the world, but know I need to follow Jesus. 
You see what I'm saying? And there comes a time in our lives that when we, we really want to follow Jesus, and then, but we really want the things of the world, but when we, are truly, when we truly have on the yoke of Christ, we want what Jesus wants. And when we want what Jesus wants, His yoke is easy and His burden is light. So His invitation is not just situational. His invitation is relational. And then when you give Jesus control, then Jesus' invitation becomes transformational. See, most of our issues are not outside of us. The things that question, cause me to question my faith most are not the things that happen outside of me. It's the desires I have inside of me. What caused my balloon to break wasn't a guy in a Ford truck. It was someone who was so wrapped up in selfishness and wanting to control his own world that the pressure became too much and pow. The yoke of Christ changes what's important to you. His yoke will help you keep your priorities in order. His yoke will help you live wisely. His yoke will help you discern what's going on and then will lead you to make wise decisions. Friends, if you follow the yoke of Jesus, yes, it might get hard. Yes, you will experience persecution. But there's no life that is better than following after Jesus being controlled by the Lord, the King of glory. Why? Because He's gentle and He's humble. And so those times when you want to fight against His control, He always responds with gentleness. He always responds with humility. He's always standing to forgive. He's never condemning. He's always wanting to forgive. He's always willing to bring you back. He's always wanting to forgive. So some of you might be thinking, William, you've, you've talked to me a little bit this morning because my balloon's really tight and maybe you had a pal last week or maybe your pal happened six months ago and your life's chaotic. So you might be thinking, William, this is all nice, but I don't even know what it means to put on the yoke of Christ. So what does putting on the yoke of Christ look like? In other words, if I have on the yoke of Christ and it truly is transformational, there will be some things that will be different in my life. So I just want to give you some characteristics of people who have the yoke of Christ. People who, ha who live with the yoke of Christ, their prayers. They just pray. They pray. My response yesterday for the man in the white Ford truck was not pray. <laughs> it was not pray. It was not blessing. It was cursing. It was not seeking his good. It was seeking his harm. People who live with the yoke of Christ are constantly giving their burdens to Jesus. They're constantly giving other people's burdens to Jesus. They are someone who seek His way above anyone else's. That's why they pray without ceasing. They're going through their day not complaining. They are going through their day praying. They're not trying to find out what's wrong with the world or place blame for what's going on in the world. What they're doing is they're seeking the wisdom of God and asking God to intervene in this world and to cause a revival and to cause a reformation that His church desperately needs. People who live with the yoke of Christ pray. People who live with the yoke of Christ are in the Word of God daily. Remember why I said my balloon went pow yesterday? 
It went pow because I had spent way too much time on Fox News and too little time this past week in the good news. I spent way too much time last week wondering what Putin was up to and spent not enough time trying to figure out what Jesus is up to. You see, there's a difference in our heart when we're saying, God, how do you want to use me daily and seeking the word to find those answers versus someone who is just going to complain and place blame on someone or something else for the way the world is what it is. The way the world, the reason why the world is what it is. People pray we're in the word of God daily. People who live with the yoke of Christ also gather with God's people. Do you want to come here this morning? I'm just asking. Just between you and me. Do you want to be here? If you want to be here, why do you want to be here? Why do you want to be here? Is it just about Jesus? Is it man, there's nothing like the people of God gathered in the house of God to worship the one true and living God? Is it about Him? Or do you have another agenda? See, followers of Jesus who have the yoke of Jesus on their neck gather with only one agenda. And that agenda is to worship the one true and living God. And can I just say with all the love and compassion I can, with all the gentleness and humility I can, if you're here for any other reason than worshiping the King of glory with His people, then you may just be wasting your time. If you're here trying to push your own agenda for whatever you want to see happen here in Calvary Baptist Church, you may be just wasting your time. Because God's only agenda is His glory. God's only agenda is to be worshipped. Don't come here for your own good. Hear me out. Don't come here just for your own good. Come here with the desire to worship the one true and living God. Come here to glorify King Jesus and to worship King Jesus and you will believe, you will leave here and your balloon will not be that pressure will not be that full it will not be about the pot because you have removed the worries of the world and you have focused your heart and mind on the glory of God and if we're honest with ourselves we come to church and guess what happens You fill in the blank. Now I'm just talking about church stuff. I'm not talking about stuff that's outside of the church. It could be anything. I don't want to fill that blank for you. When you come to gather with God's people and you're here to worship and worship King Jesus only, there's no pressure. There's no agenda. There's no fighting your own fight trying to gather trying to do what you want to do. No, it's only about gathering with God's people for God's glory. So we pray, we're in the Word of God daily, we gather with God's people. People who live with the yoke of Christ live generously towards others. In other words, when we're faced to hold back, we instead give. I'm not just talking about money, and I'm not just talking about in the offering plate. 
I'm talking about people who live lives that are genuinely generous toward other people, that really want to be people who are a blessing to others. And so when they see a need, if it's within their ability, they meet the need. When they see someone who needs to be invested in, they invest their time. When they see something that needs to be done, they're not grumbling and complaining about the fact that it's not done. When they see something that needs to be done, they do it and they do it with joy in their heart. Why? Because they give generously and live generously toward others. And finally, people who live with the yoke of Christ, they, only, they, they not only pray, not only are they in the Word of God daily, not only do they gather with God's people, not only do they live with generosity toward others, they also tell others about what God is doing in their lives. I say this just as much about me as I do anybody else in the room. I want to make that self clear. Because I am asking the Lord to do a work in my life where the first thing I do is praise Him and not complain to Him. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of wondering if World War III is going to start today, I think we can praise the Lord that it hasn't started already. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You can flip the script from complaining to praising, and it doesn't take much effort. I could have complained about the truck yesterday like I did. What's he doing? He's not giving me enough room. Or I could have praised the Lord that he really didn't just get frustrated with me and ran me in the side. See, every time there's an opportunity to complain, there's actually an opportunity to praise. There's an opportunity to serve. And so I think we have to ask ourselves some simple questions. Is, would your social media page look any different if you spent more time praising than complaining? Would your personal life be any different if you spent more time praising than complaining? See, here's the secret. And boy, this was really convicting when I, when I wrote this down because it was as if God was speaking to my heart directly. He said, if you want to know what people really care about, just listen to what they talk about or what they complain about. And if you have the yoke of Christ on your neck, what you will do is you will walk around glorifying King Jesus, talking to others about Him, and seeking to make Him first place in your life and in the world around us instead of trying to build your own kingdom. See, I think the world may be in the position it's in not because the people who don't belong to the kingdom behave the way they do, but the world may just be in the situation that it's in because the people who should have on the yoke of Christ, they're not living like it. It's just, they're, we're just not who we need to be. Someone comes to you and they, they have a spirit of complaint or, or they come to you and they want to just grumble for a little bit. Hey, just stop them and say, Can, let's pray about this. Let's talk to the Lord about this. Let's go to the throne of mercy. Let's see what God can do about this. 
So instead of joining in the gossip, you stop it and turn that gossip into prayer and praise. And so Jesus is inviting us to to come to him. And so I want to invite you to go to Jesus this morning. Cindy and Blake, if y'all come on up. I want you to, to go to Jesus this morning. I've got to deal with this cautiously because I really don't want it to pop. It ruins everything if it pops. Pow! No, I'm just kidding. If this is you this morning, haven't popped yet. But man, you're contemplating some things and you're doing, you're thinking about man, and this is you this morning. The music's going to play, and after I pray. Soon as I say amen, they're going to cut the stream as soon as I say amen in my prayer. So that we're not going to be online anymore. As soon as I hit say amen, if you need to come to Jesus this morning, Jesus is not at the altar. I'm not him. He's not here, but it is symbolic and symbols can be important. And some of you right now would say, I've got something I just need to come forward and give over to Jesus this morning. And i got to come forward to do that. Some of you, the invitation is, I've got to come and lay this burden at the Lord's feet. Jesus is not here. Physically, I'm not him. He's here in spirit. But you need to come and you need to bow down and give him something. And the altar is symbolic for you and that's special for you. And I'm inviting you to come to Jesus. Come to the altar and lay it down. Because if you don't, your life's going to be in shambles. You're going to be a wreck next week if you don't give it away. Your balloon's going to pop and your family's going to pay. And your people that you work with are going to pay. And your testimony's going to pay. And it's going to be chaos if you just don't come and give it to Jesus this morning. Some of you in the room might say, I'm not an altar type person. I don't want to walk up there. I just, I just want to give it to King Jesus right now. And I can say, if you don't want to come to the altar this morning, fine. Give it to him right where you are. Just right where you are, say, Lord Jesus, you know my situation at home. You know what my kids are doing. Lord God, you know how I've responded wrong time and time and time again. Lord Jesus, please, I want the yoke of Christ on on my neck. Lord, help me to be a prayer. Lord, help me be a praiser. Lord, help me seek you in your word more than I seek anything else. Help me to become a person that's generous. Lord Jesus, help and And you might just can do that right there where you're at. But the invitation is for someone else this morning also. Because you're here. You're here. This is your life. Folks, it may be your faith. And this is you right here. And there are pieces of you all over the floor. There are pieces of of this balloon right there. There are pieces of you all over. And you're thinking right now, you might be thinking, William, it's just too late. It's too late for you to put my life back together. Jesus, it's too late. It's too late for you to put my my relationship back together. It's too late for you to heal my family. It's too late for you to heal my body. It's too late for you to take control. God, Lord Jesus, I have made a mess of everything. And you know what, Jesus? You know what his invitation is for you this morning? Come to me. 
Because if he can step out of the grave, he can take this, turn it back into this. Amen? He can take your messy life that has totally destructed and he can put it back together again. So here's the invitation. Come to Jesus. Just go to Jesus this morning. Whether you're here or here, just go to Jesus and give it back to him. Take his yoke upon him upon you. Learn from him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you that really is a light to our it is a light to our feet and a light on a path. We see clearly where to go through your word. And what your word has told us this morning is to go to you. That's your invitation this morning. Come to me. That's what you're saying. So my desire this morning is that we would come to Jesus. That may mean we come to him physically by coming up to this altar and just laying some burdens down. Father, I also know that that just might mean that we do it right where we're at. Father, that might mean that you lay people in this room need to lay some burdens down by going to someone and seeking their forgiveness. Lord, I don't know what you're going to be up to this morning, but I do believe you're up to something. So I pray in Jesus' name that you would accomplish what you desire to accomplish this morning during this time of response. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.